It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network. Ted Liebman here, the voice of the OHL's Niagara Ice Dogs, and you're listening to OHL Overtime, an in-depth interview show highlighting the players, coaches, and broadcasters from around the Ontario Hockey League who make the league so great. Exclusively on the Armchair GM Sports Network, now, here's your program host, Brandon Caputo. Welcome in to another episode of OHL Overtime right here on the Armchair GM Sports Network, proudly brought to you by Wild Bills Auto Repair, helping customers stay safe and confident on the road in Niagara since 2012 in honor of the late William Robert Hunter today in on-demand audio. So thank you very much to those today listening uh, on whatever audio platform you choose to listen to us on demand. Make sure you're giving us some love at Armchair GM Pod on X as well. We are available on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and our YouTube channel uh, by searching the Armchair GM Sports Network. So on today's episode, we've got part two of our voices around the OHL. Uh, on our first episode, we spoke with from the Kingston Frontenacs, Jim Gilchrist. We also spoke with Kenny Walls from the Ottawa 67s, Zach Bodenstein from the Mississauga Steelheads. On part two, we are going to speak with three voices from around the Western Conference. We've got Sean Bednard from the Erie Otters. We've also got Larry Malott, the longtime uh, radio voice of the Guelph Storm. Look forward to... Uh, giving you guys uh, that chat with Larry, some great stories from him, a legend here in the Ontario Hockey League as far as calling games. And then also we've got Mark McKelvey from the Owen Sound Attack on Rogers TV. So look forward to speaking to those three gentlemen and uh, giving you those conversations on today's episode to wrap up our Voices Around the OHL Holiday Edition Part 2 and Happy New Year to everybody. Hopefully your 2024 will be as good as your 2023. So we're going to start off today with the voice of the Erie Otters be Sean Bednard. Always a great time chatting with Sean and always enjoy with the trips to Erie because the Niagara Ice Dogs, the team that I cover on a regular basis, does play Erie six times. So I know he's a big fan of the, the Lay's ketchup chips and whenever he comes to Canada, those are big for him. But uh, regardless, Erie Otters team, a young, exciting team. They picked up Ben Goudreau from the Sarnia Sting that really solidified their goaltending position and they've been very good since. Uh, former Niagara Ice Dog panel, Femus, has really taken the reins since uh, their star forward, Kerry Terrance, went to Team USA for the World Junior Tournament and we'll get Sean's opinion on a lot of other 
players that uh, obviously he's around them all the time. So who better to uh, ask about this team than, than Sean? So great in-depth analysis of the Erie Otters and where they might go in the second half of the season. So with that being said, here is the voice of the Erie Otters, Sean Bednard. Please be back on OHL Overtime with the voice of the Erie Otters. That would be Sean Bednard. Sean, thanks so much for doing this. Looking forward to another interesting Erie Otters and Niagara Ice Dogs game. It's always, these teams meet six times a year. It's always interesting, but uh, you know, this Erie team, last time we saw them, they had just acquired Ben Goudreau from the Sarnia Sting, and it seems like that move in the goaltending position has really elevated their play. They were sitting outside of a playoff spot and really struggling at that point. So what has bringing in a, a guy like uh, Goudreau, an overage goaltender, just been to stabilize the rest of the team? Yeah, I think it's the confidence of knowing that when you have a guy in the net who every night is going to give you a solid chance to win, and you know whether it is having to make those heroic Olympiad saves, or if it is just having the good position and you know, knowing that he's a guy who's played at the World Junior level, knowing he's a guy who's played in the OHL playoffs and took Sarnia further than they've ever been, I think having a guy like that says, okay, this is a guy that we know can lead us from the back end, and going forward, our defense can be a little more comfortable that if they make a mistake, it's not a goal. If the offense, you know, isn't able to get some pressure going in the offensive end, the goaltending is going to be able to stick up until the defense can allow you to break out. So uh, Benny's just been a great mentor to a lot of the young guys, but he's also been a good resource for a lot of the older guys and saying, hey, I've been there. Like, this is what we have to do to be one of those teams that can take that next step. And uh, another player that's taken a big step, Kerry Terrance, obviously an Anaheim Ducks rapid. We talked to him uh, earlier this year. He's away at the World Juniors right now for Team USA. So not having him in the lineup, who are some of the guys that have been stepping up in his absence and welcoming the extra playing time without one of the star players out? You know, I would say maybe not as much welcoming the playing time, but definitely stepping up in the absence. Brett Brissett, you know, the overager, he had a slower start to the season than I think he would have wanted. But last few weeks, he's found points consistently. Uh, Panophemus, obviously familiar name for the Ice Dog. But uh, he's been on a, a really consistent streak of points. I think he has 11 points in December alone. So he's looking to continue to add to that. Yeah, one more point. He actually overtakes Kerry for team lead in points. So he's been really solid for us. And I think this could be, you know, a, not a revenge game, but always taking on your old team. You always want to show up and show off a little bit. Absolutely. And we talk about Spencer Sova. I've heard you talk about him on the broadcast a lot as the captain. What, how is he leading from the back end and how are some of the other guys responding to him? Because we always see Iriotters have one of those great defensemen. You talk about the Jamie Drysdales of the world and Christian Kyrus of the world. They always have that one solid stud defenseman. So how is Spencer Sova kind of wrapping into that form? He's great because he's so calm at all times and he's just one of those guys who like you look at him he's positive he keeps things positive he keeps things optimistic and i think he has such a solid professional way that he plays it's still been mind-blowing to me the last few years that with his two draft eligible seasons was not taken even in a late round after his draft eligible season you know didn't sign any contracts had a little bit of time in the nhl level but he just plays a pro style game where you know he's so calm he patrols the line so well he knows when to step up offensively or when to pass it off and stay back in the reserves so i think what he does really well is you talk about offensive defensemen or defensive focused defensemen and hybrid defensemen, but he knows situationally when he has to be what. And I think it's that consistency that kind of blends, um, you know, when you have a guy like Alexi Davia who's a little more offensively focused or a guy like Owen Johnson who's more defensively focused. He finds a nice middle ground where he can be a chameleon. And we talk about some of the defensemen first overall pick this year, Matt Schaefer. Yep. Obviously a, a lot of uh, attention and a lot of expectations on him. 
two goals, four assists so far in his rookie season. It's not easy to come in this league uh, as a young defenseman and, and really step into a role. So how do you think that he's continuing to develop his 200-foot game at the OHL level? And once he starts to get more confident, I'm sure the more points will come. But uh, what, how have you thought of the, the first overall pick for the Erie Otters? Yeah, you know, I think the points are the, the obvious one that I think it's easier to, you know, look at and say, okay, is he having a good season or a bad season? Plus minus would be a good one too. But I think the biggest thing that I've noticed with Matthew is that he doesn't play like a 16-year-old, which is good because sometimes, I don't, I don't know how to put this in, the, in a proper way, but sometimes you forget that he's there because he's just so consistently there on the defensive side. He can, you know, play stick moves with the defensive uh, side. He can throw the body around. He can set up the offense. He just doesn't play like a 16-year-old. And, you know, he's not razzle-dazzling by any means, but when you put in the context that he was 15 a couple months ago, he stepped in, he's been an everyday starter since he got drafted, then you start to say, okay, like, for him to be playing at the level that he is and as reliable as he is, and in a lot of games he has been the best defenseman on the ice for the Erie Otters, to be able to do that as a 16-year-old, albeit the top pick, it's impressive. And I think as we continue to see, I think the offense will become a bigger part of his game. I think he has too good of a shot and he's too smooth with the puck not to get more points. But I think he's understanding his role right now where he has to understand the speed of the game and the difference between playing with guys in his age group and playing with 20, 21-year-olds. Sean Bednar, the voice of the Erie Otters, is with us. Sean, talking about maybe some of those players that have been earning more ice time. Under head coach Stan Butler, who are some of those guys that have really earned his trust? Because we know if you don't play a solid 200-foot game under Stan Butler, you're not going to like your ice time. So who are some of the players he, he might have been a little bit harder on the season, but you start to see them starting to come around and, and rounding out their game that uh, are really going to hopefully have a big second half of the year for the Erie Otters? <sighs> I expect a lot from Brett Hammond uh, for his first over U18 pick for us um, hasn't produced the points that I think maybe he expected to coming out of his U18 year but uh, I really like his game on the bottom line I think he is a fourth liner has been given some really solid grinder minutes uh, and he's setting up offense well which I, I think is going to lead to points for him um, keeping on that trajectory I think Alex Messi is a guy who I've seen develop a lot he was more of a a brute, I guess you would say, and he's developed into a guy who can really play the puck well. He has good situational awareness, and, you know, I think it's those guys who maybe weren't razzle-dazzlers when they came in who now they're developing into, if they're big guys, they can be big guys with soft hands, and if they're, you know, guys who were more offensively focused guys, they're rounding out their game where they not just have finesse, but they know how to throw a little grit in the mix as well. And we're approaching, obviously, the OHL trade deadline. GM Dave Brown's going to have some tough decisions to make if he decides to buy, sell, maybe stay put. Where this team is right now, you know, 6th, 7th in the conference, is that where you would kind of have projected them coming into this year? Do you think they'd be a little bit higher or lower? And what do you think that their strategy might be come January 10th trade deadline? Man, I, I really do not know. I could see them trying to maybe not burn too much capital, um, but... I, I would like to see maybe another third line guy, maybe another depth piece. I think those lower lines, I think there's three really solid lines and then one line where it has a kind of a mix in of, of guys who are, you know, maybe a little bit younger or guys who just don't have that skill level of the top three lines. Um, so I could see a depth addition, you know, maybe a sixth, seventh, eighth round pick moved for someone who has, you know, decent point production. Um, as far as splashy moves, I think Godro was really about as splashy as you're going to get. I don't anticipate any blockbusters. I think they've developed a really good core. Uh, the team chemistry is really solid, I think. Um, 
maybe you could see, you know, a third-line guy, maybe another defenseman just in case, you know, you have a situation like on Thursday night where, uh, you know, Matt Schaefer's out of the lineup and then you're, you know, having to run 5D throughout the entire game. So I could see maybe that. More depth additions than, I think, superstar additions because I think where this team is at, they like the trajectory that they're on. They like the cohesion that they're creating. I don't think they want to shake the trees too much. Right, and lastly, they've had they picked in the, the top five the last two or three years. Where they are in their build right now, do you see them that this is the the right trajectory that they're going at right now, and that they're letting their younger players develop? They're going to be building up for hopefully you know a two or three year run here coming up. You know they've gone through the rebuild and now they're they're on the, the way up. So where where do you think that the, you would like to see this team by the end of the year? I think. Uh... I think a top six standing in the OHL uh, Western Conference would be big for this team. I think finishing sixth uh, in the conference would be good. I think climbing out of the basement of the division of murder here in the Midwest division, I think that would do a lot for the confidence of these guys. And I think, I mean, we talk about it for every year since the championship run. If this team just needs to make the playoffs and, you know, I think... That would be big, and not just make the playoffs, but I think if this group of guys can win a couple of games in the playoffs, you call that a solid season. You know, I think this is a team that's building a lot for the future. Uh, you don't have a lot of room left with guys like Martin Mishiak with Kerry Terrance, so I, I don't say you're in a win-now territory by any means, but I would say that if you can make the playoffs, make a little noise, maybe win a series, you call that a really good season, but I think you look at this team next year, you're going to lose a few big pieces, but you have a 17-year-old Matthew Schaefer. Uh, you have a, an overager like Spencer Silva. I think you really like what this team could be. So I think the tra trajectory's been good. I think you remove a slow start to the season, and you know this team's probably fighting for a top five spot in the OHL Western Conference. But uh, I think consistency will be a big thing. You know they lost four straight, won four straight. Now they've lost back-to-back -back games. You know, if they can find ways to more consistency, consistently win two or three here, lose one, three here, lose one, then they're going to get in that habit of winning where it's going to be you have a hot goaltender who wants to do a lot. I think this team could be fun to watch come the end of the season. Voice of the Erie Otters, Sean Bednard. Sean, thanks so much for the great in-depth analysis. Look forward to seeing this uh, young Erie Otters team continue to build up. It's an exciting team. We see a lot with uh, playing against Niagara and some of the best hair in the OHL. Oh, so, please. Uh, thanks a lot for, for doing this, and best of luck the rest of the year. Mr. Caputo, it's always a pleasure, and we will see you in Niagara not too soon. Wild Bill's Auto Repair is your local center for auto maintenance and repair in the Niagara region. Since 2012, Wild Bill's Auto Repair and Body Shop has been helping customers stay safe and confident on the road, knowing their vehicles in top running condition through their services. Located at 7868 Oakwood Drive in Niagara Falls, the garage started as a tribute to the owner's father, William Robert Hunter, who passed away, continuing the same community spirit and high level of service which customers came to expect from him back at Hunter's Auto Repair. Their multi-award-winning auto shop has earned the trust of the Niagara community with its fair treatment of all customers who can feel confident they'll get the trustworthy advice and repairs during their visit. Their experienced crew loves meeting new people and looks forward to forming a lasting partnership for the care of your cars. To find out more or to book a service, contact them today. 905-358-7868 or wildbillsauto.ca. Wild Bills Auto Repair. Helping customers stay safe and confident on the road since 2012. Since 1999, Niagara Dental Clinic has been helping thousands of patients achieve natural-looking smiles with the confidence to show them off. Sean Battelle and his wife Anne, both licensed denturists, bring a wealth of skill and experience to the warm and friendly atmosphere to their Niagara Falls location at 5501 Drummond Road. And their on-site Niagara Hearing Clinic offers free hearing tests and a variety of services to fit your needs. 
This family-run practice takes pride in providing superior care and service to their patients, along with the best premium products available on the market. Get the best work done at a more reasonable price. Niagara Dental Clinic is here to help. Protect your teeth with a mouth guard, replace missing teeth, and get better hold with your dental implants. Call them today for a free consultation at 905-353-1552 or check them out online at NiagaraDentureClinic.com. Niagara Denture Clinic, creating natural smiles in the Niagara region for 25 years. Niagara Golf Lounge features two state-of-the-art indoor golf simulators allowing you to play some of the world's best courses all year round. The perfect place to indulge all season long. Don't worry about getting thirsty while you play around with your friends. Their fully stocked bar offers a wide selection of drinks, appetizers, and a variety of meals are also available to enjoy before, during, or after you play. Grab a seat next to the fire in their comfortable sports lounge. Didn't bring your clubs? No problem. They have partnered with TaylorMade to offer you the best rental clubs. You won't want to miss their exclusive NFL and NHL giveaways for the Buffalo Sabres and Buffalo Bills. Located in the Best Western Plus Cairncroft Hotel, 6400 Lundy's Lane in Niagara Falls. Visit NiagaraGolfVacations.com to learn more and to reserve your golf bay today. The Niagara Golf Lounge, Niagara's home for golf and sport all year round. You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network, the Niagara region's best local source for North American sports podcasting coverage. By sports fans, for sports fans. Welcome back to part two of today's OHL Overtime Audio episode right here on the Armchair GM Sports Network. Proudly brought to you by Wild Bills Auto Repair, helping customers stay safe and confident on the road in Niagara since 2012 in honor of the late William Robert Hunter. Before the break, we heard from the voice of the Erie Otters, Sean Bednard. A lot of good thoughts there about where that team might go in the second half and leading up towards January 10th's trade deadline here in the Ontario Hockey League. Our second interview today is going to be with Larry Malott, the longtime voice of the Guelph Storm and uh, like I mentioned in the intro, just uh, somebody that's so well-respected and, and that's such high regard here in the Ontario Hockey League. And it was an honor being able to talk to Larry last week about uh, the Guelph Storm. And he's just got so many great stories and uh, just a, a great storyteller. So I hope you guys enjoy this part of today's episode with the voice of the Guelph Storm, Larry Malott. Please be back on OHL Overtime with the longtime voice of the Guelph Storm on CJOY. Larry, uh, thanks so much for doing this. The Guelph Storm team sits fourth place in the Western Conference right now. It's an interesting club. We talked about it off air, about if they might stand pat. Maybe they're going to make some moves or not. But uh, are you pleased with uh, what you've seen so far from this Guelph team? Is this kind of where you'd think they would be, especially without guys like Cam Allen and Matt Poitra in the lineup? Well, absolutely, because if you'd asked people around Guelph, and I, I think around the league, maybe back in the middle of August, uh, how they saw the Guelph Storm team shaping up, they'd say potentially a top four hockey team, maybe a chance to really contend, but that was with Matthew Poitra back as the, the number one center on the team and a healthy Cam Allen. And as it turned out, the Bruins uh, kept Poitra. And as for Cam Allen, he injured the shoulder at the under-18 tournament over the summer. And then he went to Washington camp and, and hurt it even worse. So he had shoulder surgery on August the 30th. And we won't see him until the end of January 
at uh, the earliest. And as for Poitra, well, I guess we can listen to Boston radio and watch TV games. Yeah, he's currently with Canada at the World Juniors. We'll see if he gets sent back or not. But with a guy like that not in the lineup, uh, obviously they've had some other guys step up. Jet Luchenko is a guy that has, going into his NHL draft year, you know, he's really taken a big step. Who are some of the players that without a guy like Poitra in the lineup that have really taken the reins of this Guelph Storm team and helped them be so successful this year? And they're Chad Wiseman. Well, Jake Carabell has developed into a, a number one center, and he's a guy who played a lot of wing last year, and they envisioned him maybe playing on the wing a bit more this season as well. Uh, but he's played a solid two-way game for them. Jet Lachenko has just really elevated his game. I, I know scouts liked the look of him last year, and I think he was rated maybe in the C territory, and that's where you're drafted five, six, seven round. Now he's up to B and borderline A, and there are teams that might consider taking him in the first round. Uh, well, a good example is the, the last game they played in Flint, a hockey game they won 3-2, to two, and Jet Lachenko assisted on all three goals, and he's been a big factor for the hockey team. A recent acquisition on defense, Tommy Budnick has helped solidify a younger defense uh, with Allen out of the lineup, Michael Bushinger, the one solid veteran in there. But as I look up and down their lineup, they could have both goaltenders back next year, seven defensemen, including an overager, nine forwards, including a couple of overagers. And with that type of roster, I, I don't think you want to do a lot of tinkering come trade deadline time. Maybe uh, a little bit of a move here and there, but they're not prepared to really ship off some of this good young talent like a Jet Lachenko. And some of those young players you you mentioned, another guy that comes to mind when I see him is Will McFadden. I watched him at the OHL Combine, and he was at the top or near the top of every single category for all the different skills tests that they were doing at the Combine. What have you seen from Will's development, obviously playing a bottom six role, and some of those other younger players that have really taken a step forward and, and really guys that are going to be the next great Guelph Storm players for years to come. Well, as I've watched Will McFadden's game come along too, the, the first thought that occurred to me is, man, I hope you are fast and skilled because you're small. And he is very much a smaller forward, but uh, he is also uh, a kind of a, a little bit thick set body and a stronger type of kid who can roll off the hits. I don't think I've really seen him punished in a check yet and did see him score one of the prettiest shootout goals that I think I've seen all season in defeating the Sioux Greyhounds 3-2 to two just before Christmas time. So he's a guy that Guelph fans are really enjoying playing, uh, watching play because of uh, the way he plays the game nonstop. He's a guy who never takes a shift off. Larry Malat's with us. Talk about the defense a little bit, Michael Bushinger. He's the one guy that's been back there stabilizing things while Cam Allen will hopefully be back in, in the new year sometime. But who's really stepping up on the defensive end? It, it's a great defensive first team that leads to great offense under Chad Wiseman. And we talked to assistant coach Daniel Fitzgerald about how they're a great puck possession team as well. So what do you see from the back end and, and why they've been so successful in front of Braden Gillespie? Well, Michael Bushinger, for one thing, you count on him for about 30 minutes or so and a really good, big, overage defenseman in Chandler Romeo. And they picked up Braden Hislop over the summer, another overager on defense who had the long playoff run last year with North Bay. And that always helps when you've got players on the roster that can 
pass along what it takes to win. And in Hislop's case, uh, a very good North Bay team last year. And young and developing players, uh, Zach Sandu was one I was really starting to like the way his game was coming along. And then just one of those unfortunate fluky injuries, and they've had a few of them on defense besides Cam Allen. Uh, Quinn Bouchane, their first-round pick from a year ago, broke his wrist at the under-17 tournament in PEI. And in the case of Zach Sandu, he'd scored in two or three games, I think it was. Then he played a game against the Kitchener Rangers, and it can get rough and tough and mean and physical when the Rangers and the Storm play. But his injury was kind of a fluky thing. He had a hold of one of the Ranger players. They fell to the ice together, and he just landed on his shoulder in a way that uh, is keeping him out of the lineup and he maybe returns around the same time as a, a Cam Allen. So you start to add up uh, some of these young defensemen and the way they look. And another really good one is Ryland Singh. I should mention him. He is quick, good with the puck, sees the ice incredibly well. Just another guy who needs to beef up and strengthen up a bit. Uh, but sometimes when you get into the injuries, the illnesses, the suspensions, other guys have an opportunity uh, to step up and show their game. And in the case of Singh, he was targeted for maybe playing a lot at the junior B level in air. But as a result of all of the injuries, he's seeing a regular shift. So that is speeding up his development. And the defense is really good. If you look at the numbers, just go by the numbers. The Gulf Storm have given up the fewest number of goals in the league. Uh, and certainly overall defense has been a key reason for success that's keeping them within range of finishing in a top four spot. And last but not least, goaltender Braden Gillespie's you know, near the top or at the top of some of the goaltender categories in the Ontario Hockey League. What have you seen from the Guelph Storm goaltending? Daniel Fitzgerald talked to us that you can't talk about the Guelph Storm without talking about Braden Gillespie in the net. So just how much, I guess, of a leader has he been from that goaltending position and, and why the Guelph Storm are where they are right now? When you watch a Braden Gillespie play goal, you think, wow, how are NHL people kind of ignoring this guy? And the reason is he isn't six foot four. All he does is stop the puck and compete. Now, what do, you, what do you expect from a goaltender? And this guy makes incredible saves, and he makes them look easy. And when your goaltender is playing as well as he has that confidence starts to spill over into 18, 19 other guys, they know they can count on the goalie to make the big save. Braden's background is a little bit in baseball, too. He played shortstop for the Junior Jays. And if you watch the glove hand, you think, okay, now that it starts sense. to make sense. And as a matter of fact, there was one play a few weeks ago where he took a bouncing shot, two or three skips into the glove hand, and I really expected him to straighten up and throw it to first base. Yeah, absolutely. That, that glove hand, you can definitely see that he's definitely a good ball player. But lastly, Larry, before he let you go, this Gulf Storm team, like, Fourth place right now. It's a tough Western Conference this year. They got some high-powered offenses to go up against in the Sioux Greyhounds, Kitchen Rangers, and even if London Knights can get things figured out. Where is this kind of where you had expected the team to be? And if they don't make any moves at the trade deadline, are you confident that what we might see from the Guelph Storm in the second half is going to be good enough come playoff time? Well, where I envision them finishing is in the fourth or fifth territory. Just high-scoring uh, hockey teams in Sault Ste. Marie and uh, with the Kitchener Rangers in particular. Uh, but what can happen come playoff time? And we just talked about the guy who can make the difference. Incredible goaltending. It brings me back to 2005 and the London Knights. And we played a game in London on New Year's Eve that was a scoreless overtime tie back before we had the shootout. And I think Adam Dennis stopped maybe 45 shots. And I was watching Dale Hunter at the bench thinking, we're really good, but that guy can maybe beat us. 
So, of course, at the trade deadline, Adam Dennis wound up with the London Knights. That's just an example. Really good goaltending can steal playoff games. And we'll just wait and see what happens. Absolutely. So the longtime voice of the Gulf Storm, Larry Malad on CJOY. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, appreciate the great in-depth analysis of the Gulf Storm. And it's a fun team to watch and look forward to what they're going to do in that tough Western Conference. It's going to be a battle down the stretch. Oh, it most certainly is. Thank you. In the Naga region, Global Pet Foods is your destination for premium pet nutrition and caring expertise. Whether you've welcomed a new furry family member or need advice on top quality nutrition, their dedicated staff is ready to help. Discover why Global Pet Foods' lesser-known premium brands outshine the big corporate names. Their team's passion ensures your pet's health and vitality. Check out one of their locations today, 3643 Portage Road in Niagara Falls, 160 Highway 20 in Font Hill, or 400 Scott Street and 344 Glendale Avenue in St. Catharines. Global Pet Foods, where premium brands and caring staff make the difference. Are you looking to hire? Let the Niagara Employment Help Center save you valuable time and money by making your hiring process easier. Their services include free job postings in-house and on their website, Fill job vacancies quickly and efficiently. Access to a bank of potential employees, reduce employment costs, and financial incentives may be available to offset the cost of new hire training. Check out the website at ehc.on.ca or call 905-358-0021 for more information. The Niagara Employment Help Center, helping people find work since 1983. JNL Flooring is Niagara's specialty flooring and design company. They take great pride and provide elite customer service and support. With a beautiful showroom, great pricing, and a wide variety of truly unique products, JNL Flooring is your specialty flooring and decor boutique shop. All of their products are environmentally friendly and responsibly produced so you can feel good about your flooring choices. Their goal is to build authentic relationships based on honesty and integrity that they foster with respect and authenticity. Offering a unique and wide range of quality products presented by a knowledgeable and patient team, they simplify the process to make your life easier and to make your home more beautiful. Visit them at 4424 Montrose Road in Niagara Falls or find out more at jnlflooring.com. If you think you can get a better deal anywhere else, you don't know Jack at JNL Flooring. You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network, the Niagara region's best local source for North American sports podcasting coverage. By sports fans, for sports fans. back to the final segment of today's OHL overtime episode and our voices around the Ontario Hockey League. Before the break, we heard from Larry Malat, the voice of the Guelph Storm. Great stories there from Larry and, and what he expects from this Guelph Storm team as they'll get Cam Allen back here in the new year and also what they've been able to do without having a guy like Matt Poitra still up with the Boston Bruins. But if they were to make some moves, I think this is this Guelph Storm team would be one that I would look at as one of the favorites in the Western Conference if they are deciding to load up at the trade deadline. If not, they've still got some great players like Michael Bushinger and Jet Luchenko, just to name a few, uh, leading them from skater position and obviously Braden Gillespie, one of the best goaltenders 
players in the Ontario Hockey League. Shout out to assistant coach Daniel Fitzgerald, who obviously spoke very highly of him when we had him on the show earlier this year. So with that said, we're going to take you to our last interview today, and it is with Owen Sound Attack, play-by-play voice on Rogers TV. That would be Mark McKelvey. Some great thoughts with Mark about where this team might go uh, here in the second half of the season. Getting a guy like Colby Barlow back, the first rounder from the Winnipeg Jets, is going to be big. Some solid thoughts from Mark on you know the defensive side of things and, and some of their depth scoring. Time recording this, uh, full transparency, the Owen Sound Attack had made a move after Mark and I had had our discussion. So the Owen Sound Attack went out and actually got Connor Smith, a defenseman, and as well Sam McHugh forward from the Peterborough Pete. So they went out and made a trade. So that's what happens uh, when you pre-record these, uh, these episodes, but it is what it is. So regardless, great thoughts from Mark, and we'll take you to that right now. Please be back on OHL Overtime with the play-by-play voice on Rogers TV for the Owen Sound Attack to be Mark McKelvey. Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Coming out of the, the holiday break, uh, everybody's ready, to, back ready to go. Owen Sound obviously coming off those three tough losses uh, right before the break, but they're sitting sixth place in the Western Conference right now. They made a coaching change, so there's been some news going on here in Owen Sound. Where do you think that the team's outlook is as we approach January 10th's uh, trade deadline? I'd like to think this is the kind of team that might be looking to buy, but it's really hard to say. I mean, coming into the season, the expectations were sky high. And why wouldn't they be when you've got the firepower that they've got, when they're healthy at least, when you've got Colby Barlow, Servak Petrovsky, Cedric Gaydahl, and then overagers like a Denny Gore, Sam Sedley on the back. I mean, the group is there, but they've had their struggles. And at this point now, you mentioned it sitting sixth in the Western Conference, and you're looking what's uh, in front of you. And can't you match those teams, those teams that are meant to be contenders and look like they are the strength of the West? It's hard to say, and I think Dale DeGray's got some real tough decisions to make right now. I still look at this team from a positive outlook, though, because I mentioned it. Those pieces that they've got, plus some young players that are certainly starting to grow. And, oh, yeah, Carter George is still in the midst of his rookie season, and he's growing with each passing game. He's got the second-best save percentage in the league coming out of the break. I mean, they've got the pieces there. I'd like to see them buy because, um, you know what, uh, they're not going to have this group next year, that's for sure. You might get a Colby Barlow back if he doesn't make the NHL, but uh, I expect a Cedric Gainall likely to sign with the Montreal Canadiens. And then, um, you know, a big part of the team is the overagers. So you're a veteran-heavy team. I think you have to buy. So we'll wait and see what Dale DeGray does, but I hope the, the vibes are positive enough that he feels this is a team that deserves to at least have a shot. And talking about Colby Barlow, obviously the Winnipeg Jets top-round pick. I mean, he's a guy that's only played half the half the games, but what has having him back in the lineup been like for this team and just giving them a little bit extra juice, having having a leader like that? Uh, we talked to Gavin Bryan, who's now on the Niagara Ice Dogs, and he talked about how important in his development Colby Barlow was. He was his roommate and things like that. So just uh, having him around the team and, and back in the lineup, how, how key is he to this lineup? Uh, it's going to be absolutely huge, right? I mean, he's maybe, uh, in my opinion, the best goal scorer in the league, and, and if you don't think that, he's probably one or two, right? So uh, getting him back in is just, uh, it's like adding that secret weapon, which uh, it's not much of a secret though, but yeah, he still finds ways to score. But it's the leadership. I'm glad you brought that up and, and Gavin would know it really well. I mean, there's not very many players in this league that in their 17-year-old season get name captain. His leadership skills, um, you know, they go from beyond the room right onto the ice. You just watch him when he's out there. He, he commands respect, right? And, and I think getting him back will uh, be a big lift, a big boost to this team. He wasn't around the team all that much through his injury at times because he had to go see some specialists and um, you know he wasn't necessarily always up here in Owen Sound so I think just getting him back in the room that makes a big difference plus out on the ice right it, it just opens up some space for some others uh, what's nice is in the meantime the power play has been red hot it's been great all season long uh, comes out of the break second or third in the league and 
they're getting it done without him. You imagine adding him back out there on that right side, letting those one-timers go. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but uh, his, his leadership uh, is a big reason for why he's going to have a long pro career, in my opinion. And uh, what's been the emergence of Denny Gore this year, obviously leading the team in points. But what have you really seen from him in his growth from last year that's uh, elevated him to, to be the catalyst in the offensive side of things? I know Kobe Barlow has basically a point yeah. of game, but he's played half the game. So Denny Gore leading the, the team in points right now. It's been the key to his success as somebody that obviously uh, covers him every game. Yeah, I think for Denny, last season he was on this pace early in the campaign and he got injured. Uh, he took, I uh, can't remember exactly what it was, but a blow to the face and ended up having to wear a full shield the rest of the year. And I think he kind of just lost a step I don't know exactly what it was but I don't know if it was kind of just um, kind of between the ears enough but he, he never got back to that uh, style of play that he was playing early in the season that was lying to him have success he's so crafty out there uh, he thinks the game at a pretty high level and he's got a great shot he, he's really effective in all areas I mean he's got three shorthanded goals uh, at Christmas time and then again he's a threat in all situations so I think for him it was coming back in his overage season and probably being pretty determined to try and get himself a pro contract I think that's what it is and also at least having that knowledge from the year before that hey you know I can be an elite player in this league and maybe I got away from my game maybe that injury was just throwing him off a little bit but uh, he has been uh, one of the best players from start to finish I don't think he's had many off nights uh, which has been a, a big plus and that's what you need from your overagers right I mean Ethan Burroughs is another example of an overager who I think never has a bad game uh, and he, you know even on nights when the offense isn't going you see him giving his all and he, he contributes in a lot of areas so uh, and that you know didn't even mention Sam Sedley right I mean he's one of the best defensemen uh, when it comes to offense so uh, they've got a real good group here which is why like I said earlier Brandon I do hope they at least try and add to this team and make a little bit of a run for it because you don't get three overages like this uh, each season. Mark McKelvey's with us. Mark, talk about the defense a little bit. They might not have three or four dynamic defensemen, but they, they get it done. They're, they're very responsible in their own end. Uh, new, new head coach, uh, maybe instilling a little bit different a different style. You know, what have you seen from the decor that's helped them be so successful? And, and obviously, they're, they're getting it done. They might not be putting up the high-end points, but they're doing all the, all the right things responsibly in their own end. Yeah, you mentioned about the coaching change. Uh, assistant coach last year was Jordan Hill, and he worked very closely with the D. Uh, he left the organization. And then you had Darren Rumble come in, and, and you mentioned as well, uh, he's got the interim tag because he took over after Greg Walters was relieved of his duty. So, you know, there's been a little bit of flux, and, and the D to me, I think it's hurt at times. Uh, you know, you talk about the D, and, and it's not filled with any studs, but they're all capable OHLers, and I think at times guys just kind of maybe end up in roles that aren't necessarily where they're meant to be. That said, who, the one man that's really stood out for me on the blue line is Taos Jordan. He's really emerged as a big shutdown D man who's also starting to find a little bit of an offense of touch going into the break which is nice but that's not his game I mean he's just under six feet tall but he plays like he's six four he finishes every check he's hard to play against he's clearing the front of the net so a player like that I think has seen this opportunity a guy that maybe never would have got that opportunity to be in that top pair uh, role and here he is you know relishing in it so uh, a guy like that I think is a good example for the rest of the D that you know if these opportunities are there you're going to need to make the most of it I do think it's one area that Dale DeGray will need 100% to address if he's hoping this team can make a bit of a playoff push but uh, like I said they're all capable OHLers so it's uh, nice that you've got guys that you know if you need to move somebody up or down uh, you have that flexibility. Christmas has passed but is that kind of where you were going with it as far as if Dale DeGray was to go for something uh, underneath his Christmas tree be uh, you know adding a defenseman maybe at the trade deadline if they are going to go for it, as you yeah, said. I hope Santa comes late, right, and brings him a D-man. <laughs> it's easier said than done. We know that, and, and I'm sure the asking price, especially when teams know around the league what everybody needs, um, and I think for the attack, it's probably no secret that they'd uh, like to shore up their defense, but 
I think that's what they need. They can get a veteran, a bigger body. I look at a player like James Petrovsky, who's he's got that frame out there, but I think even for him, it's not maybe necessarily natural for him to be that mean uh, defenseman. Um, he can make a great first pass, and he does a lot of good things for this team. But if you could get a guy maybe of his frame, who is mean to play against, you don't need to worry about the offensive side of things when you've already got players like Sam Sedley out there, uh, that would be the perfect guy. In a dream world, of course. And, and I think that's probably got to be uh, you know number one top of mind if that's what they want to add at the trade deadline. It's probably got to be a D-man. After that, just a little bit of depth up front. Uh, the goaltending, I think, is great with Carter George. You've got Corbin Votery, who's a veteran in this league now, as a backup, can step in at any moment. And then, like we talked about, high-powered offense, but probably just needs a little depth when it comes to those third and fourth line, just so you're not riding the young guys as much. And, and I like their young group they've got. I think they'd had an exceptional uh, draft this past year. Mm -hmm. So I think the future could be good there. But hopefully, you know, if Dale DeGray can get his wishes to come true, hopefully it's adding just a couple of pieces just to make them a contender in the West. And you talk about Carter George emerging as a 17-year-old goaltender. That's not easy to do in this league. We see a, a few run league, but not many. And just the emergence of some of those forwards you talk about, is this kind of where you had envisioned coming into the season where Owen Sound would be, you know, sitting in the mid-pack of the Western Conference? Or did you think that this was going to be maybe a rebuilding year and they're, they're exceeding expectations? You know, where do you think that they're at at this point halfway through the year? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I can be pretty frank and say they're disappointed where they are. I thought this was a team that could push for the division lead. Uh, it's never easy playing in the Midwest division. It's tough each and every year. I didn't have the Kitchener Rangers like a lot of people pegged <laughs> to be where they're at. So that obviously knocks all in town down a spot. But uh, inconsistency, the record on home ice, uh, it's awful, which is just absolutely mind boggling because this is generally been one of the tougher buildings to play in so to me I just keep looking at a lot of these numbers and thinking they've got to turn right like they, they've got to flatten out I mean this is a team that in the second half of the year I hope they make this building a lot harder to play in and then there's some other areas where they've lost some close games where they just didn't get it done that you know maybe those bounces will go their way I think they can push and, and I think it if you asked everybody in that locker room right now, they're probably disappointed where they're at, and hopefully they come out hungry for the second half. Lastly for you, Mark, do you see like any reason why they're so much better on, on the road? Maybe is it the pressure in playing in front of the hometown Bayshore, you know, a, a rocking crowd in a smaller barn, it's really loud, so like, do you think that they might put a little bit more pressure on themselves playing at home? or Because it's usually a home ice advantage yeah. is a good thing, but they've been, they've been the road warriors this year. I, I kind of wonder if it's maybe just the way this team is made up. It's, it's the way they want to play is maybe not... Uh, the best fit for the Bayshore, which is amazing to say, because typically you would build your team around the building you're going to play in, but at the same you know time, you're, you're dealing with the players that you acquire, you're dealing with the players that you draft, and, and they're not necessarily the most physical team. One stat that stands out for me is at Christmas time, they've had the fewest power play attempts, but they've also been shorthanded the fewest times in the league, which tells me, again, maybe they're not mixing it up the way you'd like to see, uh, at least way teams have in the past here at the Bayshore. Usually it's a blue-collar group, and it's a lot of crashing and banging out there that's not necessarily their style so maybe they need to to find a little more of that grit as the season goes but that's probably one of the reasons I dropped for uh, the lack, uh, lack of success here and the other reason again is just the longer it went on and these droughts here on home ice I think it, it, to your point that you brought up I think it's just something that kind of crept into their minds a little bit so getting away getting a refresh after the holidays uh, I, I think this is a team that can turn the corner and at least make some noise in the second half of the year. Mark McKelvey, TV play-by-play -play voice for the Owen Sound Attack on Rogers TV. Mark, thanks so much for the great in-depth analysis. And it's unfortunate that Niagara's only in Owen Sound once a year. I enjoy coming to the Bay Shore, and it's always a great place to play. So thanks for doing this, and look forward to seeing where Owen Sound's going to go in the second half of the year. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you to the play-by-play -play voice on Rogers TV for the Owen Sound Attack, Mark McKelvey, for those great thoughts. And as I mentioned uh, before he played the interview, the Owen Sound Attack did go out and make a big acquisition of defenseman Connor Smith, the Anaheim Ducks prospect, as well as Sam McHugh 
from the Peterborough Pete. So it looks like whatever Dale DeGray decided to do, thought he needed to upgrade there with a defenseman and a forward, as as Mark kind of alluded to there, that they would be kind of looking at, at acquiring a defenseman. So with that said, that's going to wrap up today's OHL Overtime episode. Thank you very much. To the three gentlemen we spoke with today, Sean Bednard of the Erie Otters, Larry Malad of the Guelph Storm, and most recently, Mark McKelvey of the Owen Sound Attack. And that'll wrap up our holiday edition for Voices Around the Ontario Hockey League Part 2. If you Hopefully you guys enjoyed both those parts, and we're going to continue to bring you more OHL interviews as the season goes on and as we go into the playoffs and the Memorial Cup. So thank you very much to those today tuning in in on-demand audio and give us some love of whatever audio platform you chose to listen to us today. The proud show sponsor of OHL Overtime is Wild Bill's Auto Repair, helping customers stay safe and confident on the road in Niagara since 2012 in honor of the late William Robert Hunter. Until next time, my name is Brandon Caputo. You can follow me on X at B Caputo underscore AGM and you can follow the podcast at Armchair GM Pod. We'll talk to you again very soon. You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.